Welcome to Lit, a podcast dedicated to life, liturgy, and the pursuit of holiness. I'm Bryn. And I'm Justin, and we're coming to you from beautiful Austin, Texas. Where each week we're talking about liturgy in everything from daily living to following Christ. Welcome to Lit, everybody. Welcome back. Thank you for being patient with us after this little bit of a longer break than normal as we've entered into this time of summer. But with that being said, I I think it's important for Brendan and I to say to you that this first season of Lit is coming to an end, and we want to end it right where we began. Uh, And we're not going anywhere, folks. There's going to be another season. Let me just say that up front. We'll come back to that later. We're not not leaving you. We are just merely going to uh, do what I guess TV shows and radio shows do once in a while. We're going to take a break, regroup, connect with y'all on Facebook, come back to that in a minute and then get back together. But before we get there, let's talk about season one and let's talk about what we've accomplished, I think, together. If you've been listening with us from the beginning or if you're just joining us, I encourage you to go back and listen to our episodes. We started by talking about the prayer book as a tool for discipleship. And that is exactly what it's all about. So in the very beginning, we talked about common prayer and we talked about how common prayer unites us more importantly, how common prayer forms us, that the the prayer book itself distinctly describes us as Anglicans. It's essentially our backbone, but it also is what helps form us. When we participate and use our prayer book, we use it together, we use it individually. And by doing that, we are growing as disciples. We are pushing ourselves. We are living into our baptismal vows. We are going out and forming ourselves to do the work that God calls us to do and training ourselves to listen to that. And that's really what, for me, and Brenda will have a lot more to add to that than me, but to me, for me, that was the great joy of this first season was sitting with a good friend of mine, welcoming guests and talking about a book that I love. It's a book that I use every day. And not because I'm supposed to, it's because I want to. It's what forms me. It's not a day that goes by that I don't open my prayer book for some purpose. And it forms me every time. So that is really what all of these individual episodes were about as we looked at different parts of the prayer book, were to remind us that by participating in our liturgy, participating in our common prayer, we're growing as disciples. And I've enjoyed every minute of it. Brent, what about you? What? That's enough of me rambling. What, what about you? Yeah, I think like you said, um, getting to open your prayer book every day is one of the joys um, of being a disciple formed in the Episcopal or Anglican tradition. And I hope that what we have done over this past year, um, 32 episodes, this will be our 33rd episode. So that's like a good Trinitarian number. Um, uh you know, I hope what we've been able to do is get people to open their prayer books that um, that you, our dear listener, have had the chance to think about all of those different parts of the prayer book than what we um, see just on Sunday morning. Um, or, you know, that we look at this prayer book as somebody who hasn't used it before and just, you know, you, you open it and it looks kind of mysterious. Um, I hope that what we've been able to do is make it a little less intimidating, but also open up the mystery and the majesty of what is in it so that it feels like 
it belongs to you. And I think one of the things that we started with um, in, in this season, in this first season of Lit, was, was just reminding um, all of us that this prayer book is, um, is common to us, that it is um, both familiar and, um, and everyday and something that we have in common with each other. And that those are all parts of our um, of our discipleship. Those are all things that have to do with the way in which we um, strive to follow Jesus Christ in our daily lives. That this is a book um, that is meant for that journey, um, both as individuals and as um, a community of people who strive to do that together. And I think, too, it's good to remind ourselves at this point, when we talk about individual and community, some of the specific ways that we hopefully open the door for you to consider the prayer book individually is we spent a lot of episodes, a fair number of those 30, now 33 episodes, on the daily office and that individual prayer time every day, multiple times a day, depending on how you exercise the use of the daily office. and then we talked about communal prayer. We talked about the Eucharist. We talked about the general confession. And then we talked about private confession, reconciliation of a penitent. Um, And, you know, that's, that's the beauty of the prayer book. You have these opportunities to utilize it individually. And then we have opportunities where we, the clergy lead and preside in situations of corporate worship, communal worship, communal use of the prayer book. Um, And I think, you know, there's, there's beauty in that. Um, and that's, that's us. That's, that is the Anglican faith. That is who we are. We are, uh, as I can't think of bring you my know who said this and maybe I, I know numbers of us priests have said it, but I don't think we're the originator originators of this, but we are people of the book. We are people of the book. Um, so when we talk about tradition, we're not talking about necessarily the way pews are laid out in the church or where people sit, or we've always done it that way. When we use those words, we're distinctly talking about the prayer book tradition. It is our tradition. Those liturgies have been forged and formed uh, over a long period of time. And, and throughout that time have formed disciples along the way, just like all of us, um, and that's why we do it. That is tradition. That is what it's about. Um, we don't just kind of make it up as we go. We don't just come together or get together individually and just figure it out. We get together and we open the prayer book and we start. Yeah. One of the things that I was just sort of had this picture of as you were talking about that is the way that we are the heirs of this tradition that we like have inherited somebody else's practice of doing this before us and that they inherited somebody else's practice before them and they inherited it from somebody else. I mean, it's really, really remarkable once you can connect it like that to the actual people who have handed this prayer book down to other actual people. I mean, sometimes we can get kind of caught up in you know, what we call the mystery of, of our faith and just think it's maybe so mysterious that it's 
magical, you know, or, or even just fanciful, like it becomes something remote and something distant from us. But in fact, it was, it was actual people who made these prayers, their prayers and wanted a future generation to have them and, and then passed it on to them. I mean, I remember growing up in the Episcopal church, um, but it was my Nana who was the one who like really introduced me to prayer and the one who, um, you know, I have this, this really vivid memory of being with her in the church that my grandpa was the little, like the locally ordained priest in the church and going to this church with her and setting out the prayer books on the pews for the people, because she knew exactly where those like eight individuals were going to sit. Um, and she's the one that taught me how to say the Lord's prayer. And I remember that, you know, like this was an, an individual person of God who formed me into a person of God. And I am forming people in my congregation and trying to form my children and the people who I get to be in relationship with. And this book is one of those tools of our faith that is not magical. It's, it's real and practical and contains mysteries that do go well beyond us, but that we get to participate in, in real ways. I just think that's amazing. What a beautiful image of, of the people of God and of the kingdom of God that we gather together to practice being imperfectly here in our, in our lives. You know, it's kind of, it, it's a good, what you just described to is or the image I'm getting is the procession. We're in this great continual procession of the people of God, learning from each other, growing. Cause as you were sitting there telling your story, I was thinking about my mom, my mom who really taught my brother and I how to pray. Uh, not to, I'm not because my mom and dad listen to this podcast. I'm not throwing my dad under the bus. He definitely was prayerful. My mom, <laughs> Uh, I think because of her Catholic background before she became Anglican, there was, there was a, there was just an intentionality that was different. Whereas my dad definitely was prayerful, but it was the singing. He's the one who really sang the hymns and taught us to, you know, it was kind of sad when I, for a lot of good reasons, my dad wasn't able to sing anymore. And, you know, he'd sit in the pews with me, he wasn't singing like he used to. I remember when I was little, but that was my dad. So you had my mom who was really intentional about prayer and my dad, he was really intentional about singing. So what perfect conglomeration for us, for the liturgy, to have both. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, they, they were part of the great procession. We're part of the great procession. My kids, your kids, on down the line as we continue to teach uh, folks. You know, it's uh, Rowan Williams, and I used this in a previous podcast. I'm going to use it again here. When he's, he writes a book called Where God Happens. And it's a uh, look at the desert fathers and mothers. And one of the great learning points you get from the desert, as you so eloquently said, Bryn, is they talk a lot about not trying to be perfect because we can't. But we embrace our connections to one another. We embrace our our actions and how they affect other people. And the phrase that he coins in that book is be a place where God happens for somebody else. And he leans heavily on the desert literature. 
And to me, when we are using our prayer books and we're living out our faith and we're doing it as best we can together when possible, we are being a place where God happens for somebody else. And that in a nutshell, and it's very core is discipleship. Uh Profess that the kingdom of God has come near. People are going to get to know the kingdom of God by your ability not to be perfect, but just to be willing to develop your discipleship prayerfully, intentionally, and welcome them into your struggles and your, your successes, your accomplishments. And that is the procession of Christianity from the time of Jesus. It's this constant invitation, and, and we're not always good at it, but opening ourselves up. And that's why the prayer book, to me, makes us so different than so many other denominations, and I'm not knocking those. I'm thankful that I have a prayer book I can lean on, that I can, you know, I can, I just this just happened the other day. I had a friend who's not Episcopalian, who I'm pretty sure doesn't go to church anymore, who's having a rough patch, and he just called me saying, I just really was hoping you could pray with me, which is very rare for my friends to call me to pray with them. It's just, I don't think they can get over the fact that I'm a priest, but that's another story for another episode down the line. <laughs> but we read, we read Compline together, I pulled it up, pulled the prayer book up on the computer and we read Compline together and we prayed intentionally for the circumstances. And it was very transformative. I he texted me the next day and said, I needed that. I needed that intentional time. I didn't have the magic words to, to make the situation better, but I knew the prayer book would have words that would hold both of us together. And I didn't have to think it up. I didn't have to. I just invited him in to, to, to some time with me. And I just, and I just admit it. I don't have all the answers, but let's pray together. And I have just the prayer. And it was a powerful moment for us. And, and I think that, is what it's all about. That's the prayer book. That is how we grow in our discipleship. That is, it pushes us, it stretches us, and it holds us all at the same time. You know, and I'm, it's been a real, and I will say this personally, while we're kind of sharing just some stories of this season, it's personally been very joyful for me to meet our guests, priests I've never met before bishops Uh and just to walk reconnect to the prayer book in this fashion to really stop, which is something we don't always, I I don't know about you, but I don't always in the life of being a rector of a parish sounds funny when I say this out loud, but I don't always have time to really stop and reflect on the prayer book anymore. And it's in the way that we did, I can use it. I love using Uh it. Like I just described, but I don't always have time to stop and reflect on what is the daily out and reconnect with maybe my training where I was taught previous conversations. And that has been invaluable for me. And it's really, I think over the last year really shaped and especially during COVID really helped shape and reshape my ministry and helped me reconnect to some really important pieces that sometimes in the daily grind of parish ministry get lost. So personally it formed me yet again. And I've been working with this prayer book for 36 years. Yeah. And yet it's still forming me. Yeah, I agree. It's given me that opportunity as well to jump back into something that I can take for granted in some respect. Um, And 
And I, I don't actually think it's a bad thing that we can take it for granted. I think it means, you know, for those of our listeners who are um, longtime users of the Book of Common Prayer, Anglicans, Episcopalians, um, who, who are familiar with uh, a lot of this book, how wonderful to be able to take comfort in it enough that you don't have to think about it all the time, that that can just be a comfort for you. I think that is, that's a wonderful thing that, that we can celebrate. And also it can be a really joyful thing to meet this book for the first time, either to meet it again for the first time or for those listeners of ours who are learning their way through the prayer book for the first time, um, that they get to um, explore it and see all that's in it and see what it holds for their life right now. Um, and even the life that that is promised in it. You know, I, I remember um, being a kid and flipping um, through the prayer book and seeing things like the, the um, marriage ceremony and thinking, I'm going to get, you know, I hope to be married someday. And this is going to be what I say when I get married. Uh, and then I did like, that's so cool. Uh, or seeing somebody else baptize their children and thinking, um, I'm going to baptize my children someday. I'm going to say these words. This is going to be what we all pray together for, for my children. You know, it, it's become very personal. So I, I, you know, and now I look ahead and I think these are the words that will be said when I baptize my grandchildren. Um, or even these are the words that will be said at my funeral when, you know, I'm not there. And other people say these words um, over my body. Like that's, you know, not to, to, to make it dark. But I see that as actually like a really wonderful, joyful thing. Um, there's some certainty even in what is unknown about our future. Yeah, definitely. And in that same in that same moment of our of our death, it'll comfort and surround our loved ones. Absolutely. As as the prayer book reminds them that we are we are people of the resurrection. That I am resurrection. I am life says the Lord as the burial liturgy starts with. Um, And that, you know, that that is it. So here's what I'm thinking, Brent. I think we are now going to invite, I'm going to come back to some of the things I said in the very beginning. So this is a transition episode. We're going to take a little break, but we want to still connect with everybody. So in the description of this episode, you probably saw a link to a Facebook page that we have started for our podcast. And during this kind of transition time, Brent and I are going to be praying. We're going to be thinking, and we want to engage with you around possible topics and ideas you want to hear. We obviously have some ideas. And we want to continue this journey. Obviously, Lit is not just about the prayer book. Lit is about liturgy and the pursuit of holiness. And that's where we're going to be heading in season two. But but we want to hear from you. We want to hear things that you want us to talk about. And we are, to the best of our ability, we'll either engage, well, we're going to engage with you on the Facebook page no matter what. And that those things will eventually probably become parts of episodes or episodes in their own right. 
but it depends on y'all, you know, it won't depend on y'all for season two, but it will depend on y'all. If you have something on your heart or mind, share it with us. Even if you think it's crazy, we want to know every week, every episode, all 33 episodes, and I'll end this one the same way. I always invite you to email us with your questions. Mm-hmm. And throughout the, the, the season, I have gotten questions. Some questions have made it on the air. Some questions for various reasons were just answered on email because maybe that person mm-hmm. didn't want a question on the air. And that's fine. And I know I've had people at St. Luke's where I am, you know, pick up on questions in other classes and format. And that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to encourage you to do that. So we hope during this, this kind of time away, this kind of Sabbath time for, for Brent and I, this time to really reconnect and, and to think that you will join us uh, and, and think with us and pray with us and help, help us think about topics and ideas so we can help come alongside you as we've always wanted to do since this podcast started in your own discipleship journey. So come on our Facebook page. Let us know you're there. We'll be interacting and posting things along the way. And, uh, and I have a feeling some new opportunities to even connect with Brent and I will develop in the months ahead. And we'll be sure to let you know on that Facebook page. So look at that in the description below. Please follow us, join us, and uh, talk with us, connect with us. And we will, we will be back. Be back. Yep. Probably in the fall. That's right. We will be back and we will look forward to being able to, you know, jump back in again and, and follow the, the energy that we hope um, our listeners um, out there are, will help lead us to. Um, so this'll, this'll be a, you know, participatory thing. Um, that feedback will be um, really will be put to good use as we think about um, what we want to do and we have some ideas, so we'll be we'll be putting out some feelers as well, and asking you all to respond on the Facebook page um, to some of the the questions that we'll be putting out there. Um, so uh, again, Justin will link to that Facebook page, but you can also um, search it on Facebook by um, looking for the uh, Liturgy Podcast. Um, the little at liturgy podcast. Uh, and so when you find that page, be sure and follow us um, so that you will um, see our posts in your regular Facebook feed. Uh, and then be sure and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, because that will ensure that when we do have new episodes to post, that you will automatically see those um, come into your, um, your podcast feed. Um, so those are some specific things that you can do in order to stay in touch with, um, with the lit podcast in the future. Anything oh, finally that you want to say before we close out this season officially? I just want to thank our listeners and I just want to thank everybody. When we started this, I'll never forget the first episode. We had 15 downloads and just yesterday or just today, right now, We've had 25 downloads. We're about to top 4,000 listeners. And I am just so thankful to all of you for tuning in to Lit. Started with 15. Yeah. And now so we average cool. a few hundred a month unique downloads. So I'm very thankful. And it just gives me a lot of excitement and encouragement to keep this project going with Bryn. And I want to thank, and just so everybody knows, I want to thank Bryn. This is really Bryn's brainchild. 
um, she thought this up and invited me along and I couldn't be happier. Uh, and it's been just a great journey. So I just want to thank everybody for taking time out of your commute time during your day to listen to us and to interact with us and hopefully grow. And we're going to continue to bring that to you. So stay tuned, stay connected to the Facebook page. We do love all of you and we are thankful for your listenership and connect with us. Please, like I always say, reach out to us, email us. If you have any questions, anything we can help you with, we'll be happy to do it. Our emails will be in the description and notes below. Let us know. And we will see you on Facebook and we'll see you or you'll hear us, I should say. I always say we'll see you, but we won't actually see each other per se. But we'll hear, you'll hear us soon. Look for us in the early fall. We'll be back lit season two to be determined fully. And please participate on the Facebook page and help us figure out what might be best as we go forward together. So thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. And we'll be back on the air before too long. Lit is a production of the Reverend Bryn Bond and Justin Yon, Episcopal priests in Austin, Texas. Music is provided by Alitu. We encourage you and invite you to send your questions to us via the emails you'll find in the show notes below. We will ask, uh, answer them on air at a future date, and we so appreciate your listenership.